You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, November 19th. My name, of course, as always, is your host, Javier Reyes of this here Lockdown Padres Podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show at LO underscore Padres or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, of course, send me some questions or comments or about whatever, honestly, and I'll try to get back to you. Uh, You can also hit me up on the Gmail, which is LockdownPadres at gmail.com. And hey, just this past Friday, I did a whole big old mailbag. And, uh, you know, not all of it aged perfectly well, as Mike Clevenger ended up having his, you know, Tommy John surgery, so some of my takes weren't perfect, but a lot of other questions in there I think you guys would uh, like uh, to hear about, I think. But today's podcast has nothing to do about your answer, listener questions, or whatever you want to call it. Instead, I'm doing uh, part two, of course, of my chat with Aram Layton, and today's one is a lot more Padres-centric. We're talking uh, more about Aram's prospect side, and I asked him a bunch of questions about the Padres' prospects, including stuff about Mackenzie Gore and, you know, what other prospects, how does he feel about the prospect system? Because he knows so much more about how the minor leagues and all that work than I do. So I thought it'd be super fun to uh, talk about it. And it really was. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Without further ado, let's go. And speaking of pros, eh, it's not my best transition ever, whatever. But I wanted to talk to you about people who are hopeful to become pros. Oh, God, I'm falling <laughs> apart here. Um, but basically, that's my transition to get to your other side. We talked about the Marlins. We talked about Kim Ang. Congrats to them. But I want to talk now and ask you stuff about the Padres because this is a Padres podcast after all. And I want to talk to you about some prospect questions because that is your expertise. I mean, guys, seriously, this dude's talking to me before we record about, you know, he knows all the swing dynamics. I'm like, what? the heck this nerd he knows everything right so i wanted to ask you this very silly question one of the biggest questions uh that i have for you is that in the playoff look the pirates have been making news lately kind of low-key actually with yesterday and i I talked about this in my podcast yesterday mike clevenger having he has to get tommy john surgery after they said all he needed is like a scope so that was you know misleading and then you have luis campizano he has some little bit drama on the side with the arrest in georgia but i want to ask you first about one of the storylines this year, I think, a very quiet one, uh, for a, a niche one, some would say, for Padres fans, is that both Luis Patino and Ryan Weathers made their debuts this year. First of all, how do you feel about those two players? Before I get into the, 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 the what's the, what is it called when it's at the end of a joke? The, the hook? The punchline? The punchline, yeah, I guess the punchline in my question. <laughs> you know, well, there's a lot to unpack there. And, and the tough part about a year like this is that you don't have a chance to see these players play actively. Right. So you're going off of reports of what's going on in the alternate training site through some people. I know I'm, you know, getting their word for it and you know, nothing's better than being able to see it with your own two eyes. So I I didn't get to see too much of what Ryan Weathers did at the alternate training site, but everything that I heard was positive. And before I get into Patino, I'll talk about Weathers because initially, and when I first did my Padre system breakdown, which was the first system I talked about in this on my Locked On MLB Prospects show, uh, was Weathers, to me, was kind of a safe back end of the rotation arm 
that threw three pitches for a strike and, you know, nothing that special or jumps off the charts, but a high floor guy. All of a sudden, you know, I start hearing some buzz about Ryan Weathers throwing cheese at the alternate training site and that <laughs> he looks like this different guy and he's throwing hard and it, but the command is still there and all of these things. And I'm like, holy crap. Okay, let me see. And sure enough, like he was throwing 94 to 97 and the off speed stuff was even better. The breaking ball was sharp and his command had not even taken a hit whatsoever. So essentially he was the same pitcher that gave him a high floor, but his stuff just improved. And so when you're looking at a guy like that, you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm really excited about this guy. And I think that he can, you know, be pushed pretty quickly after what they were seeing at the alternate training site. When you look at Patino, this was a little different because Patino has been pitching well in the minor leagues for some time now where he started when he was 17, carving guys up, got moved up when he was 18 to a ball was great. There 19, High A and double A was fantastic there too. His issue is he has good control. He does not have great command. And the difference is control is throwing strikes. Command is hitting your spots. He does not hit his spots as much as he should. And that's exactly what his problem was when he got to the big leagues. He got away with it in the minor leagues because, you know, you can just gas guys up, miss your spot, and they're still going to miss it. In the MLB, you can't miss your spots. You just can't. And that came back to bite him a little bit. Also, I think as he started to miss his spots, he tried to be more careful and he ran into some trouble. But I think what Patino did in the minor leagues was enough to where you're looking at him and you're like, all right, I've seen enough. He's ready to go. And with Weathers, it was a unique situation where the Padres really needed a left-hander to come up and help him. In a normal situation, Weathers is not getting moved up for the postseason. Why did he get moved up over Gore? Well, that all comes down to what was happening at the alternate training site. Gore mm-hmm. is is a little bit younger. And look, he, he kind of showed it from what I heard at the alternate training site. And what what he showed was some in, but he was a little bit in between of like he was making some tweaks and he was struggling at times. He still looked pretty good. Like I'm not saying to be worried about Mackenzie Gore, but mm-hmm. he was making some tweaks yeah. and there was some, you know, growing pains there where He was some days feeling better than others and just feeling some things out. You're not going to throw a guy like that into the postseason, whereas Weathers was red hot. So I think it was just riding the Mm. hot hand. Mm. Also, Weathers throws harder, and he has the two pitches that are already major league pitches, and he was safer as a reliever if needed. And and I think that's what it really boiled down to. And at the end of the day, you're not going to rush Gore in a situation like that unless he was looking spectacular. Weathers looked better in the alternate training site. That doesn't mean Weathers is going to be better. It's just that he, he was more on and he was more uh, polished and confident. And you're going to send the confident guy out there. Uh, and, and that's what they did. Great. So yeah, that answers kind of my my, my second part of my question, uh, which was basically going to be like, am I being a, a fool? And am I like reading too much into the fact that both uh, the, the guy that everyone's telling me about all season doesn't debut before Patino and Weathers. And you're basically saying, which makes a whole lot of sense to me, uh, you know, someone that doesn't understand the prospect system quite as well as you do, that basically they just kind of rode the hot hand. And especially when you're going up against a team. Uh, that, that they were going up against with the Dodgers or even the Cardinals, uh, that it makes a little bit more sense to just be like, you know what, this is kind of our prize stallion. Let's like make sure that uh, when he debuts, we're like absolutely ready for it. Exactly, exactly. And, and really the profile of Mackenzie Gore is one of, 
a starter. Like he is just a starter. He throws four pitches that are all above average for a strike. And, you know, if he's not totally on, he's not a guy that can ride two pitches out of the bullpen. Like that's not his profile. Whereas Weathers Mm -hmm. with these improvements that he made, that's his profile. And that's why when I talk about some prospects, some guys I'll say he has a high floor as a reliever because he's got two plus pitches. Gore's not one of those guys because he's got four average pitches in good command or four above average pitches, excuse me, to plus in good command. So like you're not looking at a guy that's going to run it up to 99 and throw you this wipeout slider or curveball gotcha. and ride a two pitch mix. He's a guy that mixes up four pitches and keeps you off balance. And then, you know, when he really needs to, he'll dial it up a little bit extra. But Weathers is more of that reliever profile when you need it. You saw Garrett Crochet do the same thing. Crochet for the White Sox, the plan is for him to be a starter. But he had two-plus pitches ready to go, and he hasn't thrown a single pitch in the minor leagues. He was just drafted this year out of Tennessee. And so he he gets the, the nod to throw in down the stretch there in the regular season and into the postseason because he already had two major league pitches. He doesn't have the stuff to be a major league starter yet because he doesn't have a third pitch. His command isn't quite there, and he'll be in the minor leagues next year. But with the two-plus pitches, you could plug him in at the major league level, and and he can get outs as a reliever. It's just a different animal as a starter, and that's where Gore is going to separate himself is that he throws four above-average pitches for a strike, and that's what makes him so special. Yeah, and Lord knows after the injuries to Clevenger and whoever, whatever the heck happens with Lamette, really hoping and pulling that the these guys, you know, don't want to force them, but hopefully they can make their debuts and be, all right, not debuts in the case of Patino, but de, uh, in the case of Gore, make his debut and really help out the team next season because they're definitely going to need it. Now, before I let you go, I want to ask you two quick questions. Number one is just, do you think that where would you still rank the Padres system among all of baseball? And then the second one is, do you have any other name that you think Padres fans should be keeping an uh, an eye out for? Yeah, you know, so obviously the Padres system took a little bit of a hit with the trades that they made. I think that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Your boy, your boy. (laughs) Yeah, Trammell Trammell was was fine. Great great to get rid of him. (laughs) Uh, and I feel bad because I, I like Trammell, but just like he yeah, he's like cool. Guy, yeah, he does seem like I, a great really, guy. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's a great dude. I, I just I'm not sold on him as a player. Uh, <laughs> reports are from the alternate training site that he struggled even more. Um, to me, I, I look like he looks like a fourth outfielder really at this point. And I, I think you'll see it reflected in the top 100 list this coming year, where he won't be in them. I, I don't think he mm. will be, or at least in the more the more forward thinking sites like fan graphs or baseball America or baseball prospectus MLB pipeline might just keep them there, but Trammell, that's fine. I was more, you know, interested in the fact that they gave up a lot of prospect depth, which they could afford to do because of how much talent they have at the major league level. The only head scratcher for me was trading Jason Rosario and Hudson Potts for Mitch Moreland and then Mm. declining a $3 million option on Mitch Moreland. Mm. You know, so Mm. you essentially gave up two very quality prospects. I think Rosario has, has a chance to be a legitimate uh, bat at the major league level. He's just got to find an ability to hit for some more power consistently, but I love his tools. Potts is kind of a lottery ticket, but still for 20, 20 plate, I think it was 70 plate appearances for Mitch Moreland. That was surprising to me. And I think the Padres got Mm. a little too gung ho there. But at the end of the day, they were able to go get Clevenger. They were able to go get uh, quite a few pieces. They were able to go get Nola without giving up too much, really, and Mm -hmm. without tapping into the elite top of their farm system that they have. So 
I would put them right around still the number three spot uh, in my top systems. I, I don't think that they took that much of a hit because they really don't have any of their elite guys departing in any of those deals. You talk about Mackenzie Gore, of course, he was he's untouchable. You talk about Patino, I still am incredibly high on him. CJ Abrams for for me yeah. is going to be one of the most uh I would say breakout guys in in baseball this coming year. I, I expect CJ Abrams to be a top 20 prospect by the end of the season and I stand by that one. Like I'm that high on him. And they didn't even have to give up Hassel or Morahone or you know, all any of those guys, I think it hurt giving up Arias. I really like Gabriel Arias, Gabriel Arias. Mm. But other than that, you know, they didn't have to give up too much. I really, when I look at the system now, it, it's tough because outside of the guys at the top that I really like, it's hard to see, you know, outside of the top 10 guys that the all the underrated or, you know, overlooked guys that I really liked, those were the ones that teams wanted, which makes sense. Um, and, and the Padres, you know, they use that to get some elite talent. I will say one guy I really like is Cole Wilcox. I think mm-hmm. Cole Wilcox has a shot to be uh, one of the biggest steals in this draft. The fact that the Padres were able to be so smart with their money in the draft to be able to overslot Wilcox once it was pretty much announced, oh, yeah, he's going back. He's going back to college. He, he's not going to, you know, outside of the first round, you don't even bother. But they gave him first round money and he signed. And I think that there's a legitimate chance he's better than Emerson Hancock. And I really think that he was a top 15 pick talent in this draft. Power arm, already two plus pitches, talking about a guy that already could be a major league reliever. But I think there's a good chance that he could be a middle of the rotation starter or even a little bit better. And I think Wilcox is the guy to watch that I think is not getting the respect he deserves because he slipped in that draft a little bit. Hey, man, everything you're saying is just music to my ears. I feel like you've just been very high on the the Padres just being really supported. I've, I appreciate it. I appreciate you making your little prediction that Trevor Bauer is going to sign with them. Uh, that was fun. Uh, do you still feel that way, by the way, about Bauer? You know, I, I think so, just because of everything that's happened. But financially, mm-hmm. though, it, it, you'll, you probably know better than me fi- what the financial implications are. I mean, the fact that they turned down Mitch Moreland's $3 million contract, I think, is a little concerning to me. I know that they're loaded at first base, but still, it's just like, why, why decline that? Um, yeah. I, I think if the money's not a huge issue for the Padres, it makes too much sense. You're paying Mike Clevenger nothing this year. What is it, $2.5 million yeah, this year? To, yeah, so you're paying him nothing. And you can get maybe a, a two-year deal. I think Bowers a weirdo and would do that. And <laughs> you could maybe even get him on a one-year deal. But I think that the Padres want to go all in. They made it very clear with some of the trades that they made. They still didn't give up any of their elite prospects. They still haven't really had to sign too many guys to big deals. The Hosmer deal should be off the books relatively soon. I don't think Meyer's contract is much longer. So you can see some light at the end of the tunnel financially. And a lot of your prospects are going to start coming up soon and be cheap options that can contribute right away. Like the Jake Cronenworths and those guys, they're all dirt Mm -hmm. cheap, even Tatis, not expensive. So when you're looking at those guys, I think it makes sense. And eventually you're going to let Hosmer go, I'm assuming, or re-sign him for less. There's financial freedom in the near future, despite COVID and everything like that. And I think that that's an opportunity for the Padres to jump in here and make a splash. Trevor Bauer makes them a World Series contender instantly. 
Hey, I love it, man. I really appreciate the. Hey, you're out more a little bit more optimistic than me. I'm not. I'm not convinced totally that ownership is going to be on board with that. But who knows? Maybe such an exciting season, maybe such a fun-filled season, uh, kind of you know propels them to be like, yeah, you know what, Prowler, go crazy. We want you to sign Trevor Bauer. Bring him here. You know, he's friends friends with Mike Clevenger. Who knows? Maybe that'll be a match made in heaven. Uh, but with that all said, Aram, it's been a blast talking to you. Thank you for appeasing my Padres questions and just making me feel better about the team and for just an overall great discussion i always love having you on always love coming on man it's been too long uh if you have any more prospect stuff i could talk all day so we should do it again in the off season all right absolutely man take care take care man and zippy dab doo da boing bang everybody that is it for my conversation the whole conversation with mr aram layton of locked on marlins and locked on mlb prospects be sure to go check him out guys he's great he's such a lovable nerd when it comes to all baseball things i love talking to him this was such a blast and i hope you guys enjoyed it um in terms of podcasts you can look forward to for the rest of the week which is just well one in this case Probably something on fantasy baseball with Scott Conn. I've got that in the pipeline coming up. We're going to be talking about just, you know, some of our expectations, I guess, uh, for the Padres next year and just what he thought about them this year because I love fantasy baseball. So I'm really excited to talk to him about that. You can also look forward to a podcast with Mr. Ryland Styles that we'll be doing soon on a. A special topic I almost don't want to give away yet. It's uh, it's something that's a little bit related to the holiday that we have upcoming, I guess. I get, did I just give it away? I guess uh, not not entirely, not entirely. But we're going to be doing that. Uh, that might be for next week. And then um, also I have a special guest coming on, hopefully. And I don't want to say his name yet, but we're going to be talking about some free agency type of predictions. So you guys can look forward to that. I do not want to say it because I don't want to say for sure that uh, he will be coming on the podcast. Because you, sometimes you don't know. Sometimes you don't know, I guess. With Ryle and Scott, I know for sure. I got I, I got that one in the bag. You know what I'm saying? So look forward to that, guys, uh, upcoming soon. Podcast is still going strong. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Just type it all in the old search bar, and I guarantee you will find it. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Remember that is at LO underscore Padres or at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app, guys. I would really appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.